It's time for episode 48 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. You're divorced, yet your kids are going to college. How does it work? Tune in now. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now, your host, Jason Lavoy. All right, thanks for joining me on yet another episode. Today I have a very good guest for you, Vicki Volweiler. She runs uh, an interesting service that a lot of people don't think about, but when you're getting divorced, it becomes even that much more important. She is the owner of College Financial Prep, which is a service that works with high school and college families to be able to maximize their savings and minimize their debt on the cost of college and graduate school. She offers services including consultations and planning, financial aid preparation, merit need and uh, need-based scholarship searches, appeals, loans, the whole kit and caboodle. A caboodle. I can't talk today. Uh, if she has to do, uh, if it has to do with college prep in any way. Uh, or form, Vicky is the person to speak with. So let's talk with her and figure out how to overcome some of the most common hurdles when getting divorced and yet your kids are going to college. Vicky, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Jason. I'm excited to be here too. So for those who don't know um, that much about you, give everybody an idea about who you are and kind of how you got to where you are. So I'm the founder of College Financial Prep, and it's an interesting story how I got here. Um, I am a divorced parent a number of years ago, about eight years ago, I'd say now. And from my own divorce, I decided to become a divorce coach. And I was focusing on the financial side of divorce, not the emotional at all. Anyway, in helping people with their finances, parents were coming to me and saying, well, now I need to send my kids to college. How am I going to afford to be able to send my kids to college? And from there, I started to focus specifically on the needs of parents, primarily divorced parents, on how to find the best colleges for their children, how how to find the scholarships they're looking for, how to fill out the financial aid forms correctly to, to reflect the divorce or any other extenuating circumstances. And with some of the college forms, how to work with the other parent and also having the forms filled out appropriately. Yeah, that's a, it's really actually a great niche. Um, We spoke about that off the air uh, about a week or so ago, I think it was. And it's really neat because I don't see anybody else focusing on, on that alone or even that at all really out there. Um, So how did you come up with that idea? Um, so kind of interesting as I was beginning to think about my own divorce, um, prior to separation, I had actually gone to a college funding person, um, to speak with them about what did I need to think about as I'm going to become divorced. And the person kind of, you know, pushed me aside and said, Oh no, no, don't, don't worry about it. You, You don't need to think about it. Come back to me after the dust settles. Well, no, I wanted to be prepared. Um, I wanted to know everything that goes into it and what I needed to think of because you're not talking about, you know, small change. It's it's large dollar figures. As I was going into my divorce and getting ready to talk to attorneys, 
you know, what, what did I want to ask for? What did I want to be informed about? What, uh, I, I wanted to be knowledgeable about the process. And being, I felt, you know, kind of pushed aside at the time was not helpful to me and, you know, wouldn't be helpful to others. So, you know, that's what I try to do. I, I work with people, you know, even when their kids are small and what should they include in their divorce agreements? You know, what should they talk to their attorneys about? Um, you know, as far as what to include, whether it's, um, you know, they, they may want tuition, they may want room and board, they may want application fees and SAT and ACT test prep and, you know, a, a host of other things that, you know, sh- should be involved. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I mean, I'm out of school, you know, quite a while now, but I remember, uh, I remember the process uh, when I applied for colleges and it's really a, a cumbersome process, you know, between college admissions and applying to the schools. And then, you know, you, you have the essay requirements, you have the test scores you got to worry about. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a three-legged stool. You know, you have the, the SAT, ACT, the, the test prep, you have the application process and the essays, and then you have the financial piece. Right. Yeah, it's a lot. And, you know, it's, it's very time consuming, right? And you can, I mean, it's not, it's not too hard to get overwhelmed with what's going on. Um, and then when you adding, you know, a divorce on top of that, um, and the stress that is connected with divorce, like it's, it's, it's really a lot. I mean, Oh, certainly. I mean, plenty of parents come to me, they're, they're overwhelmed, um, overwhelmed for a variety of reasons. I mean, sometimes I'll have parents with children that are already in college. Maybe the, the, the oldest has graduated, but now a divorce is happening while, while the youngest is in college and what to do. Um, sometimes I'll have, you know, parents come to me in high school and, you know, maybe it's an amicable divorce, but yet there are no funds and how should, would they afford it? And it's just, you know, some people can have, um, you know, assets and income can be, you know, at the high end, can be at the low end, you know, and everybody has different goals and values and, you know, whatever extenuating circumstances may be in there from divorce, maybe a job loss, maybe it's now a single parent who hadn't previously worked, you know, there are a whole host of reasons and, you know, different ways to help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, do you help people? You mentioned planning um, a little bit, I think. Do you help people plan for college um, as part of your services? So I'll work with high school families, um, typically 10th, 11th grade, mostly 11th graders um, will start um, and help find schools that are more likely to offer merit aid to their child. So whether it's because their student, um, say, is in a higher higher percentile for normally those applicants for that school, whether it's because they're in a different geographic region that's looking to pull, you know, certain children, whether it's because they're going for a certain major that, you know, may not be, you know, as in demand at that school. You know, there are all different reasons why a student would be eligible for merit scholarships, but... You know, that, that's, that's where I'll try to help them. If you don't plan ahead of time as to what schools to apply to, you know, then, then it's almost too late in terms of the, the merit scholarships. The, the most aid comes from the schools themselves. 
you know, not necessarily the, the small scholarships that are available in the guidance office at the high school. But so. you're planning, you're, you're, you're coming in, into the, the picture where people are ready to go to college or looking at schools. You're not, you're not planning like financial planning at, you know, when the kids are five and six or. No, no. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll recommend people go to a financial advisor, you know, if they want to discuss 529 plans and, you know, you know, or if they should do a Roth IRA or, you know, however they want to do college savings. Right. But, but I come into the picture, you know, as the children are getting ready to begin their applications um, when they're much older and find ways for them to save um, at that point. You know, if need be, we'll discuss loans and, you know, the best way to save on loans or, or, or choosing the best college that's going to be a best, you know, academic, social and financial fit. You know, what's what's best for the student? What's best for the family? What are their goals? Yeah, well, we hear so much today about the loan crisis, you know, and student loans. Um, and I, I, I know firsthand what that's like, um, cause I have my own loans, but what, what advice, if any, do you have for parents and kids looking to, you know, go to college from high school, um, regarding loans, what loans to take out, what they should do and what they shouldn't do? Well, this, doesn't exactly address your question, but the one piece of advice that I give to everyone, and I'm sure everybody that's been divorced has heard it, is that communication is key and communicating with the co-parent. And and in this case, it's communicating with the kids and having open discussions about what's affordable, what's not affordable, what, what you hope for them in terms of loans. You know, some there are some kids that I deal with and the parents will come in and say, well, they only want to go to a school with a designer name on the sweatshirt, you know, that everybody's going to recognize, but that may not be the best option for their future or for the parents' future. I mean, it, it could hurt their retirement. So I think it's key to, to have those conversations with the kids so you can develop those goals as a family and, and reduce resentment later on. And I think that will help also save the, the family, the child, the parents, a lot of money. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I can, <laughs> I can attest to the fact that, you know, while in the moment and we all get it because you're in the moment, you know, you, you feel like, Oh, I want to go to a, a well-known school with a big sports team. So you can write wear the hat, wear this clothes. Um, but you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, nobody cares, <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you can't tell that to the child because they, right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> those are you know, I'm I'm working with parents and children now to try to help them understand, you know, the impact that those loans are going to have on them going forward, you know, so providing that that educational piece as well. Um, because I get it. It's hard for, you know, a 17, 18 year old to to be able to think down the line of, you know, what's the potential impact. Right, but that's right. You bring up a great point. That's where I think it's the parents um, role to kind of paint that picture for them, the real life picture of, all right, if you take out 50000 $100,000 in loans, right. what that really means when you are out of school and you're trying to live, get married, have a family, buy a house, you know, and, and, and grow, you know, what kind of a, a stranglehold, you know, high student loan debt can have on you. And, um, yeah, it's it's so important because it it really 
a bad situation with loans can set the tone for your whole life. Um, right. Right. You know, you know yeah. and it, you know, especially after divorce and, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the financial implications and then with the kids, you know, so yeah, now I'm starting to meet with both, you know, one of the parents and the child, you know, to, to try to have those conversations if the parent isn't, you know, comfortable themselves. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a great resource to have. How, how does getting, when you're looking at schools and you're dealing with divorced parents, um, or divorcing parents, like how does it change the dynamic in the in the process from from your point of view? How, what are the common obstacles that divorcing people ha- families have to face that let's say non divorcing families face when applying to schools? <laughs> I could talk for, about this from a professional uh, perspective or from a personal perspective. I'll do both <laughs> if you want. I don't want to put you on the spot. Um. <laughs> You know, from, I mean, here's, here's a minutia. So child wants to go visit the school. Which parent is going to take them on the college trips? You know, you have all these little, you know, who's paying for the college trips? You know, it's all stuff that comes up as part of divorce that, you know, your friends down the block may not have to deal with. <laughs> but Well, right, right. Well, right. And, and they, those aren't necessarily cheap trips, depending on where you're going. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, but, but. You know, so there's one college form called the CSS Profile, um, and it is needed approximately 400 private schools use this form. Um, Syracuse, Georgetown, um, University of Miami, some of the the bigger name schools are on this list. Anyway, um, the custodial parent fills it out, similar to the FAFSA form, but the... CSS profile also asks for, typically asks, depending on the school, but more often than not, for the non-custodial parents' information. And then that brings up a whole host of, well, is my ex going to see my financials, you know, what my income is and what my, because neither wants to see. I mean, fortunately, we keep it all separate. It's kept all separate, but it's a huge concern to people. So, you know, again, that, that certainly differs from the standard normal, you know, married family. Yeah, no, absolutely. So in, in those situations uh, where you, you have, you know, mom and dad are separated already and, and maybe I guess the, the, the divorce is over. Would the, would each parent have to submit their financial information independently through the same software, the CSS, or how does that, how does that work? So the FAFSA form is for custodial parents only. Okay. Now, you know, questions come up if it's 50-50, who's, you know, who's the custodial parent? Um, or the primary parent. And I know in New Jersey, we call it the primary parent. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So that would, you know, and that's determined based on the number of overnights, the child's with you, and, and that goes to child support and all these other things. But yeah, it could get a little... Yeah, so for FAFSA purposes in general, it's wherever the child sleeps, more nights during the year, or if it's exactly even, which can't be with 365 days in a year, um, then it's it's supposed to go by the parent who earns more. Um, But non-custodial, but rather the CSS profile, some of those schools will look for the non-custodial parents' information also. 
and the custodial parent provides um, an email address for the the non-custodial parent, and then uh, it's sent separately. So the the okay. the information is kept totally separate from one another. Okay, got it. So that takes care of that in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it still causes angst among parents, though. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of angst, and, and and how do you fit into that picture, if at all? When you have, if you're dealing with a parent um, and trying to work with them to, you know, complete the process, the forms, and they're having issues with the other parent. Um, okay, so there have been a, a number of different types of scenarios. Um, there are some instances where I will help both parents at different times complete their portion of their child's form. There have been other scenarios where there's there's literally been no contact with the second parent for, you know, X number of years. They have court documents, but, you know, they can prove that there's, there's nothing. Um, and, you know, we can put together a statement as to why they're unable to submit the other parent's information, even though it was requested. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll help parents you know, craft that also. Um, so, yeah, it runs the gamut. Do you ever deal with the situation though where both parents are in the picture, but one is being difficult and not uh, cooperating? Um, yes. Um, they're both in the picture. I mean, typically in that case, you know, one parent, you know, came to me, um, you know, the, the other parent, and uh, now I'm just going to make, you know, say that parent, um, you don't use real names or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> say, say that parent has a relationship with the child, but isn't always, um, up to date in terms of child support, or, you know, um, maybe some other things that are outstanding. You know, if that parent can prove that, you know, that parent is unlikely to contribute to college for whatever reason, you know, we'll, we'll, put that together and, you know, with, with all that documentation to try to explain those extenuating circumstances. Right. And that makes sense. But I'm thinking about a situation and maybe this is not as common as it, as I might think, which would be a great thing. Um, (laughs) But when I was representing people in their divorces as their lawyer, I remember like having a lot of heated battles about college and who's paying for college and, um, and this was before the divorce was final. So this was part of the litigation. So like situations where the divorce may be final, but now the school's looking for the non-custodial parents information. And then for whatever reason is just, they're not cooperating. They're not doing it. What happens then? Do you have to then give a statement on behalf of the custodial, custodial parent to the college saying we tried, but it's out of our control. And well, how, yeah, how I mean, I mean in those instances, you know, we'll, we'll try to show that, you know, either there's no relationship that, you know, any difficulty they've had with the, the parent, you know, maybe showing whatever court forms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, as an attorney, you're seeing the, the worst ones. You know, fortunately, I've dealt with, you know, people where, you know, both parents come in together, even though they're no longer um, married. But, you know, obviously, everything runs the gamut. Um, but yeah, there are, there are plenty of clients that come in and, you know, I'll suggest, do you, do you want to seek an attorney? Because you may be, you know, 
the, the other parent should have responsibility too. And I'm surprised, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm always surprised at um, agreements that don't contain any language in regards to college, but I guess it's not necessary. Well, I uh, I would disagree with that. <laughs> I, if If you have children it's necessary um, to address it some way. Um, yeah. Well, I would think so, but I've seen documents that don't address it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just ripe for future issues. Yes. Um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Ambiguity is not your friend when you're, when you're talking about a, a divorce agreement. <laughs> um, right. And, and the, the financial implication is too great. Yeah. For one parent to bear. No, of course. Um, right. And and it's just right. And then if you think about the cost of having to go to court or hire an attorney to just litigate college issues, I mean, that, that right. can get really expensive too. So um, yeah, no, that there's nothing good that comes from not addressing it when you're getting divorced. Um, yeah, no, I've had clients say to me, and I don't know if this is, because I'm in New York, I don't know if this is a New York thing, but I've had clients say to me that their attorneys had said, no, 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 come back when you get closer to the time. You don't need to do it now. And I was just very surprised by that. So I I wouldn't recommend that. That's not what I did. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Very good. Um, So you help people get through the, get through the application process, um, which is great. But then how far does it go? Like if I wanted to hire you to help me, what other services, if any, do you provide, you know? So, so figure in junior year, we'll be looking for those schools where you're more likely to get merit aid. Um, the fall of senior year is when we'll be completing the financial aid forms. Um, after that, some of the schools may request what's known as verification. And it's very, very common Um, About one in three people get verified. Um, So, for instance, um, if you say, you know, this is your annual income, they may ask for your tax return to prove it um, or your W-2. I mean, it's very simple. They just want to see the document. Right. Um, After that, typically eh, February, March-ish, maybe April, depending on the schools, the kids will start to receive their acceptances, and then separately, they will receive their financial aid award packages. Right. Now, naturally, those don't come in a standardized format. So I'll work with families to standardize them. We want to see how much off of the tuition is free money, how much is loans, how much, you know, is there still a gap, and, you know, still need to fill the gap, and do do you have what to fill the gap with? Um, so who's offering what? And then maybe see, you know, is there a way to negotiate with schools? Maybe you really want school A and school B is offering more and they're similar schools. Maybe there's something there to, to appeal. Maybe, and this is actually a, an issue that I'm dealing with right now. Um, one person is, she's unfortunately widowed. Um, and it happened at the very, very end of the, the tax year that we're using. So she has an extenuating circumstance. Her, her household income is now like a tenth of what it used to be. So we need to go back to each of the schools and their financial aid offices to make sure that her financial awards 
accurately reflect what's actually going on in the household right now and not what was going on in the household with the you know financial information that they were looking for. So yeah. that's something that needs to get done during the course of the year. Um, and then after they do decide on a school, you know, are loans needed, you know, so then figuring out loans and um, also so everyone's aware these financial aid forms need to be filled out every single year the child is in school. Um, you want to fill them out even for merit aid. Um, some of the schools, most of the schools require the financial aid forms on file, not only for need-based aid, but just to even get merit aid. Um, so it's wow. important to do that. Yeah. Um, you need the financial aid forms for um, the the government, the unsubsidized loans. You need it for um, if the child wants to apply for a work study. Yeah, so so it's, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, and it you know I'm overwhelmed just listening to. It's, <laughs> it's, it's bringing back all these memories. Work study. Oh yeah, I remember work study. And then, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have you hope you have fond memories of your college years. I do. I do. Uh, and actually uh, up until recently, I, uh, I don't want to date myself. I'm not, uh, people who I have a baby face, you know, but uh, I'm not as young as I look. And I had, I up until like a month ago, I still had one of my college t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I just never got rid of it. But it still, it still fit me, you know, luckily, I guess. And it was also soft. It was just nice, but it, it, yeah, it got too many holes. So <laughs> And my wife said, all right, enough's enough. <laughs> and I agreed. I finally agreed. Um, Time to buy I, a new one. Yeah, right. I, I have to go up there. And uh, it was Massachusetts, so I have to go back up there. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, fond memories. I worked in the library for work study, and it, it, was, it was good. Um, now, for scholarships, and I... I other, yeah, other than scholarships, what, what would you call free financial aid? I mean, scholarships, right? Um, I mean, there are people Brands. that have need aid, yeah, right? So whether it's Pell Grants, whether in um, New York State, there's the Excelsior Scholarship. Um, so there, there are different, um, you know, d- different scholarships available. Um, you know, I can't go into like every single state's. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But my, my question is more like, do you help? identify do you work with people outside of new york um i have been working with people outside of new york um i had a client in washington dc client in nashville you can work all over the country nationally yes i mean i'm located in new york so that's where the bulk of my clients are but yes yes i could work nationally right with technology and video technology you can do it just like me with with coaching but so for scholarships do you help people find uh, relevant scholarships, um, depending on where the, you know where they are or what their situation is. So th- this is my opinion on scholarships. Um, the students are going to get the most aid, the most in scholarships directly from the colleges themselves. So they have to strategically plan which schools to apply for, so they can get that aid. Um, you know the these scholarships that are going to come from say your parents employer your local religious organization um the the local kiwanis club that you know those those are going to be smaller dollars um so ideally it's best to find them from the schools themselves that said on my website there is a page um at collegefinancialprep.com 
slash free dash money because people always like to ask about scholarships. So there's a listing of different scholarship sites that people can visit and see if there's anything there that, um, you know, they fit into. There's, um, uh, I, I want to say there's for veterans, there's for 9-11 responders, there's for, um, I believe there's for African-Americans, there's for, um, there's, I think one for the UJA, there's... I heard there's like hundreds and hundreds of like scholarships that go unclaimed every year because people just don't find them or to look for them that, and it's all free money that you can get. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, you're hunting and pecking, you know, that, yeah. that takes a lot know, of time. You know, right. And the other thing is um, before somebody does all of that, puts in all that time and effort and writing all those essays, not all of the schools stack scholarships so meaning say somebody and again it's different for every school so you need to check with your own individual school say a student is receiving five thousand dollars in need-based aid and i'm just making up the scenario um five thousand dollars and then they go and they get this great thousand dollar scholarship from you know local xyz organization well the school can say, hey, great, I'm glad you got that $1,000. Now your need is really only $4,000. Uh, so. Uh, right. Yeah. So, so, so have- my opinion is it's best to find it from the schools themselves. Okay. All right. That's, that's interesting. Uh, and, and I think that's good information to, to know. I'm not sure a lot of people knew, knew, knew about that. Um, all right, Vicki, we have time for like one more thing. If, you have anything you want to add that we haven't talked about regarding, you know, what you do and how you help people. I think it's all been great. Is there anything else that you want to share? Um, and then I'll ask you where people can find you. Um, no, I mean, I'll just share this. You know, the reason that I got into this is because I'm divorced myself. I get it. Um, so my goal in working with families is to help them through this crazy process because, I, it, at least for me in my circles, not that many people get divorce and all of the implications that it has. So when I meet with clients, you know, we, we can talk not only about college, but, you know, what language is in their agreements, where the other parent is and all of the pieces that go together, just, you know, one-on-one because we both have that common understanding. Yeah, and you you appreciate the stresses that people dealing with divorce, you know, are going through that, you know, non-divorced families are uh, are not necessarily dealing with at the time. So, I think right, that's exactly. great. Yeah. Well, great. Where can people find you, Vicky? Um so my website is www.collegefinancialprep.com. Uh you could also like us on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com slash college financial prep. And um, if you want to give me a call, I'm available 516-225-5224. And I'll put all that information in the show notes uh, too. So if you're listening, it'll be in the show notes on my website podcast page, not uh, other show notes pages like iTunes or whatever. Uh, you may be listening to it. So go to jasonlavoy.com podcast and you'll see all the show notes there. Uh, and with all the links that uh, we've talked about in this episode. So thank you so much, Vicki, for coming on and sharing all this 
uh, great information. I know it'll be helpful for people uh, who have children who, even if you're not dealing with college uh, on the near horizon in the future, uh, you're going to have to deal with all this stuff. So it's good to, you can't start too early, really. Thank you, Jason. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you for Vicky for giving us some vital information, frankly, on, you know, some of the roadblocks and services that are out there. If you need help uh, trying to get some financial aid and your your spouse, your soon to be ex is not cooperating um, and you're not getting the right information that the colleges need, there are things that you can do. And that's why I like having people like Vicky on, because, you know, a lot of times you're not even aware that these services exist. And you're spinning your wheels. You don't know where to turn. Sometimes the institutions are not very helpful, as you you heard from Vicky, and uh, willing to work with you. Most of the time, I think they are, uh, because let's face it. Uh, unfortunately, dealing with divorced families is not something that's unusual anymore. But still, it could be a, an obstacle, roadblock, and it's stressful enough. There you have it. Now, if you need help with your divorce, you're looking for some guidance, you're looking for some coaching, and you want it from a former divorce attorney, check out my services, jasonlavoy.com. I offer a variety of coaching packages, and I also customize packages to suit your individual needs if necessary. Shoot me an email with any questions, jason at jasonlavoy.com, and I'll be happy to... Uh, respond to you right away or even get on a quick call with you to talk about how I may be able to help. Remember, you're not alone. Also, subscribe to this podcast if you want to get all new episodes when they come out. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, aka The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.